This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Huntworth. Huntworth bringing you quality hunting clothing and packs at a price you deserve. Check them out at HuntworthGear.com. Uh, I was out all morning uh, in the heat booth stuff today and just great stuff. Like I say, I can't uh, can't say enough good stuff about it. Uh, Uncle Frank just got, so I've got the Saskatoon, which is like a little bit thinner um, and it's not fully waterproof. And uh, Uncle Frank got the, his suit in, and uh, he got the Matterhorn. It's called the Matterhorn. We couldn't think of that on the podcast. Um, and it's a little bit thicker, um, and it's got the uh, wind and water. It's got tape seams and everything. And uh, he's just loving it. He's saying, I never felt a suit uh, this warm before. Uh, definitely check it out if you're going to be doing any late-season hunting. Um, you know, if you got that Christmas money burning a hole in your pocket, check them out. That, that stuff is worth it. I really like the vest. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite pieces of gear from them, but, uh, yeah, check out that stuff. Uh, it's not all hype that that stuff is 
super warm. Um, this podcast, you know, maybe you got some uh, cell cams for Christmas and uh, you're all excited about them. And then you're like, wait a minute, they're banned in Arizona. Um, you know, seems like a great tool. Uh, it can become an addiction. You know, that phone going off, bing, 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 like, oh, what's what's going on? Um, we get into all that on this podcast. You know, Walter Lee's a good friend of mine. I bust his balls all the time. Um, and he comes at it from like a uh, environmentalist or from a scientific approach. Um, and Byron uh, from the whitetail experience you know he is uh puts out some great content he's down in ohio they chase big deer he's like on a different level than walter and i i would say as far as like chasing deer and uh the people that he surrounds himself with uh as far as like caliber deer you know walt's in florida so maybe if he was in the midwest he'd be killing giants and he would be on that level uh but the deer that he's chasing down in florida just aren't um you know these these ones were guys are fighting over, I, I guess, um, with all these trail camps. And you, we get into that on the podcast, you know, just talking about uh, the different approaches and kind of where this thing is going. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. Uh, Got to give a shout out, as always. This is going to be the last uh, podcast of the year. Uh, we got some other podcast guests lined up and some good things coming up for uh 2023 and that's all thanks to our sponsors and to our patreons and to our patreons we always give back uh as much as we can to them and uh patreon is a crowdfunding for creators starts out at like 17 cents a day to help us continue to do all the things that we do Uh, i'm starting to get planning for total archery challenge going to be up at crystal mountain again this year uh we're going to be up there um you know, doing what we do doesn't look like we've got the same, uh, place to stay as we did before, but we may, uh, try and take over that park <laughs> once again. Uh, if you were there, you, you know where it's at. Uh, if not get a hold of us, but, um, just things like that, um, you know, try and give back as much as we can for the Patreons doing the Patreon hunt this year. Uh, again, same weekend. Um, so if you're interested in that, or if you were there, um, you got questions, uh, reach out to us more. That's going to be coming here after the first of the year. Uh, but you know, just talked about Huntworth. They're giving away a set of bibs and, um, a jacket, uh, their Fairbanks, uh, warm weather gear. Um, that's, they're giving away one of those perfect timing. If you're down in somewhere like, uh, Ohio, who's got a longer season, uh, still going to get some of the, the cold temperatures. Um, Spartan Forge, Spartan Forge, you know, I can't say enough about their mapping, uh, but they are artificial intelligence for the deer woods. Uh, looked at it this morning, trying to figure out what the deer are doing in the snow, these weather patterns. Uh, tomorrow, uh, the weather's changing here, so I've been referencing that. And they've got billions of data points from collared deer, uh, among other things, um, that kind of give them an idea of deers patterns in this climate wind everything but their maps are just incredible um they've got a a uav drone single leaf i think he calls it um mapping and uh, they offer their maps for free Uh, so you can check them out at spartanforge.ai you can use code bowhunter to save 25 percent there Uh, if you get it through the app store uh, you can't enter a code because they they charge Spartan Forge for that um, as well. But 
They've got online mapping now, so you can do it from your desktop. You can go and e-scout uh, right from home. Um, lots of stuff, but they do have a free version for you to check out. Just check it out. You'll be blown away by their maps. Um, and then you can get a 14-day free trial of the uh, artificial intelligence, which is uh, really pretty cool. The guys at Zingers, they always give us stuff to uh, to give away, so we give away one of their test packs of zingers. Uh, I've been shooting them total archery challenge two years now. Um, and they're doing great for me. Uh, really do, uh, you know, appreciate those guys. Uh, lucky buck, lucky buck goes, uh, you know, above and beyond with us and they give away, uh, one of their tubs of mineral. And, uh, basically, uh, what they say is as soon as it's time to mow your lawn the first time, that's when you need to start putting it out. Um, so that's just a little tip for you guys who are uh, thinking about getting some. Maybe maybe it's on sale, you know, at your at your local place, and they're uh, they're getting ready for their spring and all that stuff. Uh, what what he recommends is put it on your lawn more, and the first time you uh, go to mow your lawn, pull that out take it out there but uh, they give away a bucket of that if you can't use that in your area then you can use some of their food plot seed Uh, they give that away Uh, and we got to give a big shout out to the adjustable red dot guys tim zelinka those guys are great Uh, go to their instagram and look at their pictures from their christmas dinner and all the bucks that they killed in kansas man it is incredible you can check them out at adjustable red dot.com but this episode you guys are really going to like it check out our patreon you know come find us at total archery challenge uh look us up but this episode i think is going to uh raise some eyebrows uh it's going to be a very polarizing uh podcast uh and let us know uh what you think of it if you're using them where you think it's going uh but as always thank you so much for listening enjoy the episode Hey everybody, Adam back with another episode of the Bow Hunter Chronicles podcast. Going to talk some college football today. I got uh, Byron Horton and uh, Walter Lee uh, representing, respectively, Ohio State and uh, I don't know that team down in Georgia. Um, I don't care about college football, but I'll uh, weigh in maybe on the Michigan stuff up here. Um, you know uh, how that goes. But uh, now I got a couple good buddies here uh, to talk a little bit about this. Uh, the great cell cam debate. Uh, if you follow along with uh, the Whitetail experience, you've seen uh, Byron's posts of how um, it's absolutely ruining hunting and it's making it uh, way too easy for all these uh, non-woodsmen uh, to just get a tax, go in and, and, and kill a buck. Uh, their, their mantra is hard-earned bucks, and you can't do that when you get a, a notification that he's in the bedding area. Uh, basically, I'm taking the words out of Walter's mouth here. I'm going to probably just be the mediator, uh, the conservationist down there in Florida who, you know, he only hunts these, you know, I don't know what they would be, half mile by half mile. Everything's a road. You can't walk through it lands where, uh, you know, He's all in favor of drone hunting if you can regulate a season and 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 do the uh, you know make it fall within the conservation guidelines. So that that's going to be our our conversation today. Um, so uh, Byron, real quick uh, before we get into the the cell cam stuff, uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods with the uh, the hunting and the EHD? You guys are usually putting down. 
monsters, having encounters, all this stuff. And uh, this year seems to be a little light on the monsters. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. We we laid down laid down a one seventy. Um, now that is Rick, who who literally I think hunted, I don't know, twenty five or thirty days at one point, or you know, he was definitely he was getting after it. And then Kyle shot a buck late November to to help as well. But uh, yeah, like a a shocker um, that kind of got exposed. Especially, I'm pretty good buddies with Jake Bush, and and we got to talking and noticing the amount of dead deer. And then obviously, like we have just a network, uh, higher level deer hunters. Uh, you know, you got an expansive network. I edit for a web show with a couple guys in the state. Uh, I've got a buddy who runs an outfitting business. Another buddy who's a oh, like a Jeff Jeff Sturgis esque. Uh, habitat specialist uh works on properties for uh clients stuff like that I, you know and you start scattering this network of communication you're like wow a lot of dead deer in the buckeye state and just kind of summing it up dave talked to a farmer on a you know, like on the road uh, a piece of ground we hunt and he said you know he found 60 in the ditch i was like dave i didn't even know there's 60 deer in that whole piece um so yeah, it's definitely uh hit some pockets very hard. Uh, I'd say population has reduced anywhere between 70 and 30%, um, depending where you are. And and it mirrors wow. that every time I give an update, uh, I get a lot of DMs and and information that that matches my my personal network as well. So for your season, how's it been going personally? Um Going into season, I was chasing the biggest bucks I've ever uh, kind of targeted, located, if you will. Uh, and it was with an EHD year. As soon as you kind of don't think they're around, like I wasn't going to stick around and wait. Um, personally, I, I haven't pulled the bow back. Uh, I had one encounter with a potential like 120 to 140, but I never got a good look at him um, just due to situations. Uh, definitely seeing less deer, less sign. But uh yeah, I, I, I've got some beat on a few areas still holding, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been tough, not impossible. Um, you know, that's, that summarizes it, if you will. And Walter's been laying down year and a half old bucks by the, like cordwood. Uh, how, how's things down there in the, in the South? <laughs> Deer plentiful, the weather's hot and uh, no one wants to fool with it. So it's a perfect opportunity. Um, I've been taking advantage of crippled bucks and uh, foolish deer that don't don't see humans, and somehow uh, I've lucked into three of them, and all, I've turned all three into uh, either uh, cheddar cheddar jalapeno sausages or breakfast sausages. So my wife is happy, and I asked for three more in the cooler, and I don't know who who she thinks she's married, but that's not happening. I'm not going to shoot through more deer the rest of the year. And and you've got a uh, quite a bit of season left. Like you're the best part of your season still coming up, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm being a bit facetious when I say I want another opportunity. Realistically, uh, December, January for my neck of the woods and the areas I hunt, uh, you know, my season runs through the end of February. So there's a lot of opportunity left and uh, plenty of good weather. You know, when the cold, it, I, I think Florida deer actually shut down when it hits a certain degree of cold. And then there, then if you go below that, it actually, I think they kind of have to move just to stay warm because they don't actually have winter coats. I don't think you can have a, uh, a winter coat that you can survive 80 degrees in the swamp, you know, consistently, but, you know, we'll get these flash freezes that come through for a couple of days where the lows are in the, in the low twenties and uh, the highs are in the thirties. And it's like, man, I, I'm just convinced the deer are moving then just to stay warm. 
what does that do for your like time frame as far as like weather patterns? Because it, I mean, you can't plan for it to be too cold and the deer to move, right? Yeah, no. I mean, re- realistically, I think that's that's going to be uh, kind of one of the talking points we'll find ourselves in today. Is uh, you know, schedules are inflexible for a lot of people. You don't have the ability just to drop uh, everything on a Wednesday afternoon and 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 be there for the for the cold front when it hits. And so you just adapt, you know, you, you start to find predictable patterns. I've got some really fantastic deer hunting mentors that, um, they all agree, across the board agree that the best time to hunt, whenever it is, you have the opportunity, the wear just changes. And so, uh, warm weather, cold weather, if it's, if it's a hunt day, you go and you just find, you know, you tailor that experience, um, find one element you can use to your advantage and get after it, you know, whether that's a, a windy day and finding an open area that they can bed and see for, for a good clip. Or, uh, if it's, if it's, uh, really warm and there's isolated pockets of water getting around that water. I mean, you just, you just adapt and overcome. That's all there is to it. So, uh, back, let's just walk that right into the cell cam discussion. Right. So, uh, Byron, you've been very, um, audible on, uh, social media about, uh, cell cams and uh, some of the posts that you've read and some of the uh, anecdotal evidence that you've seen of guys going in uh, after cell cams um, and, and getting on some of these big deer. Um, so let's just start off with your thoughts, like right out of the gate on, on cell cams as a whole, maybe from when they first started coming in when they were three, four hundred dollars where it wasn't necessarily attainable for everybody, and now down to the the ninety nine dollar reveal or or spy point where you know yeah, now anybody can have one. Yeah. I guess so and to paint the picture for the audience, like I just I have been kind of grabbing some stories. Uh anybody from a the you know I've posted articles from like Realtree.com, uh Taylor Drury uh, recently I, I did a couple other individuals and I just kind of grab the, the cliff notes version of the, of the story or, or the, the screen grab, throw it on there and kind of like, just to show an example, because, you know, I, I personally just kind of believe that the undisturbed instantaneous information that a cell cam provides Probably at this point, at the hundred dollar price point, should be looked at um, as you know. Is this is this the sort of of, of hunting and 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 probably bow hunting is is what's going to dominate this topic? But you know, is is that exactly fair chase? Is kind of the term I've used it, and and it's a little bit of you know. I clearly have a distaste for uh, the 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 cell cam game and and what they can do for hunters. And I'm not talking about just like a single day of views, but just overall what they can do, especially in the right hands. And I don't want to, those are three or four sentences I think to open up with. So let me give you a, a scenario here from like a a devil's advocate perspective, which 100% um, is applicable to you uh, because I've seen you make these posts in the past, right? Where like you go in or come out and check your cell cell cameras, right, or your 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 game cams, right? So I'll say those are fighting words if you start telling people he's got cell cameras. Well, yeah, <laughs> but but what I'm saying is if if you're checking your camera on the way in and you 
see that there was a buck on that scrape 20 minutes ago or something of that nature, do you feel obligated to leave because you got that real-time information that would be instantaneous almost that that deer's there? No. Uh, so, like, one, I'm I'm at one physical location. I'm not at 20. I'm not at 30. And I have spent an hour and a half to drive there, an hour and a half to walk in. I mean, a trail cam in general could be I'm, I'm, I'm okay. If you said like, look, like trail cams in general, got to go like that's I'm, I'm okay with that. But literally if I was going hunting that morning and I've got 30 cell cams and oh look midnight, these two cell cams got pictures of bucks. Best believe I'm going to adjust my plans and go to that, that location on a Saturday morning. And even if I didn't get a picture there at midnight, where did I get a picture in the last five days? It's kind of like a single cell cam. Sure, like there's an advantage there. The time, the the like superpower ability to like get a text to to know what's going on, like counties away or states away. Sure, that's it's pretty powerful. Now you multiply it out, it's it's really dangerous as far as deadly in the right hands, if you will. Well, I think that maybe that's why like I have such an aversion to the idea of it because I. I ha- had this discussion many, many times, and I think the guys that you're talking about, the high-level uh, deer hunter, right, they use the information as, you know, well before spreadsheets. They had notebooks filled with every hunt that they've ever done. Now they're getting, you know, these uh, trail cam pictures, and they're, they got folders full of p- pictures with deer, wind, everything um on that now you can get that in in real time and then there's the other guy who has you know 10 cell, uh, 10 trail cameras out and he gets all these pictures of big bucks at night or bucks at night and he's like a trail camera enthusiast is what i call him he collects pictures of deer but he doesn't do anything with the information he sits there and he hopes that they come by in daylight right and so for me it's just like a more of a, an inventory thing than it is like oh my gosh, this is going to be this great tool that's going to help me kill these deer. Now, the other side of that is, you know, for, I got a piece of property that our family has that's seven and a half hours away, you know? So I can't get up there every month to check the trail camera to even know, like, so I faced with the uh, decision after Thanksgiving this year was, Do I make the seven and a half hour drive up there or make a six and a half hour drive to Southern Ohio, where I think the propensity to kill large deer is much better than my 200 acres in the UP that I have no idea what's there. And, you know, historically, you know, for all of gun season, there's been yahoos who don't play, pay any attention to the wind or deer or anything tromping all over driving four wheelers. Like, but if I had, a cell camera up there and now I can see that there's deer movement where I put them and all that stuff. It changes my decision of whether I should go up there. Now, is that with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In a version for you. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, they, they, that's kind of my point is once you get a lot of them, and now at the price point they are, hunt where the cams tell you to, essentially. Sit back and wait. And why does that cause such a, a break in your hunting style or ethos or, or whatever? Well, when you look at the sport of hunting or, or its its roots, right? Like you're in the field, you're out in the woods. And scouting is very much nowadays, visually, it looks like swiping through Tinder or TikTok. And I think we need to look at that. That now, if we want this, you know, if it, if we're okay with that, that's fine. But like me, like, I'm kind of like, man, like that piece of technology really starts to change the game. And and also, like, where do you stop? And I don't want to get too much. Uh, I do want to give Walt a chance to speak. We've, we pulled him away from work. He's he's representing the dogs. He's probably ready to speak. Uh, I, I do want to throw it to Walt a little bit on on these, like, opening style comments. Well, so I'm, I'm getting ready to go there. I can see him. He's chewing gum actively but he's back he's he's holding back his words i know all of us as as podcast hosts it's really easy to just take over the conversation and he's just he's just biding his time twiddling his thumbs there um and and so what why is it not a big deal why are cell cams just another tool in the toolbox just like your saddle tree stand whatever like what we're trying to isolate here is it, the, the 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 core argument we're dancing around a subject and and you pretty much have two philosophies here you have uh the idea of fair chase or fair management right proper management in my opinion and so when i look at this and just so anybody knows um byron and i go back and forth on each other on instagram all the time i've gotten a couple messages like when did you and byron fall out it's like byron and i are cool we talk all the time we're just you know first off we do it for the clicks but um you know, secondly, it's, it's a fun, it's a, it's a fun dialogue to have, um, along the way. So, but I feel like we, we don't, as we go through hunting and every component that we sell to the outside world, we're, we're telling them North American model of conservation, North American model of conservation. Then we, we hammer home that it's, we look at populations and we look at harvest rates and we look at habitat and we're making sure that everything's in balance. And this is the funding mechanism. And then we have a, a subset of, of hunters who subjectively will be like, yeah, but this isn't what hunting is, right? As it pertains to hunting laws. And so I look at this and I think, okay, first off, our messaging to an outsider must be absolutely mind boggling to look at this and be like, okay, so they're resource science based, but then they're throwing on and arguing arbitrarily about personal ethos that isn't shared uniformly across the board. And so I think the one thing we can all agree on is that the resource has to be sustained. And if, it, if the resource can't sustain it, then we've got, an, we've got an issue and we need to evaluate the means of take such that the resource is sustainable. Otherwise, we're, we're, we're hypocrites. And I think everybody here uh, agrees to that idea. And so I look at this and I think going back to Byron's argument, you know, you look at the Taylor Drury's. You, first off, I think pulling from Instagram uh, a public opinion on something is a or any social media is a really dangerous precedent 
uh, to set because we all will also gripe and complain about the negative impacts of social media. But let's say we, we, we use that as our basis for evaluation and we talk about all these big names on TV. I can't remember a year of my entire life that anybody with the last name Drury didn't hammer an absolute stud. And so I look at now, I'm like, okay, well, they're paid to say good things about cell cameras. Uh, let's assume that every every story that they say is true, because I've got no re- reason to think otherwise, they're still shooting slammers, right? And so the, the amount of slammers that they shoot doesn't appear to have gone up, because you only get one buck in Iowa. You only get two the same two bucks in, in Illinois or wherever else that they hunt. And so I look at this and I think, okay, if this is truly an issue, then we need to manage it from the, from the standpoint we do everything else. And that is, can the resource sustain it? And when you look at deer harvest ratios across the country, I don't see this enormous uptick where Bubba Gump's sitting there watching his OSU football. And then suddenly he gets a text in his, in his back pocket that there's a, a deer in the backyard and he slips, slips the gun out the window and shoots the deer and goes back to doing what he's doing. And I think that um, from a management standpoint, we don't have evidence to say that the resource can't sustain this. So in one of the things that Walter had said the other day is, is you believe that it's no different than you passing a farmer on the road. And instead of him telling you that there's 60 dead deer in the ditch, he says, Hey, I've seen these 60 dead deer or these 60 deer crossing this inside corner every week, uh, you know, every night at eight o'clock, you should go sit there. Wait, I think. No, what, yeah, I, th- this, I think this. You said sixty dead deer; they're already dead. No, 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 um, no, no. I said not de- sixty dead deer. I said sixty. Instead of the saying sit, you see sixty dead deer, you see sixty deer every every night on this inside corner. Okay, the farmer tells you, "Hey, they're crossing right here. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hunt them?" Yep. Are you? That's Walter saying yesterday. He's like, "It's the same thing. Whether you get that no. picture or you get that that real time intel." Cell cams work at night as well as in the day. So do farmers. So do headlights. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but you put so a cell I'm cam on the like, low spot in the fence. I'm sitting here like, there how many people seven? this year have a loan constantly come into work, sent me a message on social media as I'm at a party, hey, you should check out X, Y, and Z. This is what I saw. I bet you I have 30 people in my immediate vicinity within 45 minutes of me that, that don't hunt or hunt or don't hunt the areas that I hunt. And they all the time will call me and be like, dude, you're not going to believe this. You know, on such and such cutoff road and, 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 and state forest road, there was a 10 point that ran across the road. We can't dog hunt it. So you should get in there because we can't drop dogs on it. And so I'm getting real time data like 24 seven from anybody in, in this area. And so I don't really feel like there's a discernible difference between having a, a community that shares information and having static cameras that have to be placed in the exact correct location uh, versus somebody driving, you know, countless miles every day to, to live their life and seeing things and surveying things at all hours of the day. OSU. (laughs) Yeah. So a few things there. Um, As far as like guys, not the big name guys killing on VSL cams, dude, about seven years ago, the local bow shop owner's name's uh, I'm not actually I can't say his name, but he had access to the Spartan cams at cost. And he had figured out the game pretty early. Hunt three days a year and shoot a giant. He had the good ground. He knew, okay, once once I start getting a repeat daylight type occurrence, 
I'm going to go go shoot him. And he'd hunt two days a year and kill a slob every year. And we, we had kind of noticed the, the deadly tactic there. And, um, you know, some of the other big names, do you, you can't tell me some of these cell cam guys, like I'm going to throw Ben rising out there, stud killer. He, he buys timber for a living. How does he go from state to state and shoot absolute slobs every year? Within 24 hours, he gets that text from states away, drives over there and shoots him. Now, that's an, so, that, those are two different ends of the spectrum. A guy who hunts two days a year and a guy who literally like is an assassin beyond. Dude, Ben Risen could walk in the woods and teach me stuff that would take me 10 years, you know. But same tactic is applied to a guy who probably spends 100 days in the year and two. And Ben just is able to do it from going state to state. Um, as far as like the real time information, one, the farmer's got to like drive, you know, be actively there, transmit it to you. That's one set of eyes, you know, versus the cell cam, especially when we talk about multiplying them out. Plus habitat wise, like, you know, me stashing cell cams in a timber type environment where visually you just don't see as many deer just due to habitat. The cell cam is 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 more deadly um, than driving roads because you just don't see as many driving roads. Um, it, it, there has to be a lot of events to go correctly for you to get a call from the farmer and go kill him. It does happen. It's it's documented, um, but that feels a lot more normal. It doesn't feel as much as a a a text message sent to you, if you will. So, real quick, I just want to reference like one of the. Other podcasts I've done with you, Byron, where we talked about like hunting efficiently and spending your money in certain ways. So like not buying all this gear and buying another day of PTO or buying your wife's good graces or whatever. So what you're saying about a guy that has to spend a hundred days a year driving around to all these states, getting this information info gathering that for guys that don't have that amount of time and the guy that can just spend that money make spend that time making money and then throw out all these cell cams spend three days a year killing these i mean isn't that kind of like the same i mean if we're looking at a balance sheet type thing both of these guys right like i i look at the sport of hunting you know well brought that up as far as like the goal and and he's a little bit more of a show me the numbers, show me the habitat. I kind of look at it as more of the, the, the sport, the core of it, uh, what it looks like visually versus maybe more of the, the management side of things. I'm, I'm more of one-on-one with that deer, but as far as, um, I, I kind of, I saw where you were going. I, I forget what, what I was going to respond with as far as, um, Oh, what, repeat the question or, or the thought. Well, so oh, from from a balance sheet perspective, yeah, yeah, dude. If you don't got time to hunt <laughs> and scout, you shouldn't be good at hunting and scouting. Or you know, you shouldn't be killing like you shouldn't be worried about killing big bucks. Like if I if I don't devote time and energy and effort to my job, I'm not gonna be good at my job. I'm if I don't devote time, energy, and effort into my family, I'm not gonna be a, a good husband and a good dad. But if I wasn't and, good and, at math, I wouldn't need a calculator then. Like, yeah, <laughs> so, like, I mean, it's a, it's a tool. It, is it a tool? And it, it is, but like, should we just like 
I don't know. I look at it a lot of, in, in sports analogies and you have this advancement in technology like Stick'em in the NFL. Where it was legal for a few years, somebody had figured out that that's a pretty cool piece of technology to utilize. But then the art of catching a football was no longer there. The, the soft hands, the timing. You could you could just find the, the fast guy who could jump high and stick his hand out and he'd catch it. You know, it, it kind of took away from like the core ability or that core skill. Um, it was like the easy button or whatever. The technology allowed you to kind of bypass that. And, and that's kind of what I look at the cell cam doing here. It's, it's kind of bypassing what, what the, the original core sport is. So would you be okay with it if you could only shoot does if you had cell cams? Well, back in, you know, the ancient times, I don't think they got pictures of does on the, the those uh, caveman drawings. <laughs> I'm just Let's saying, be real. But... If everyone's got a hundred... <laughs> pound doe and a hundred pound buck in front of them well you know they're shooting that buck there's something instinctually in us about antlers but that's i mean that's what i'm hearing is like that because you're saying like a good hunter and uh like one-on-one with that animal type thing but and, and you you had said like well if you don't go to your job or if you're not good at your job you won't excel at your job and so but maybe it's just about people who uh, don't know what they're doing so they're like i don't know where deer are and they're using it as a turn tool to learn i mean yeah th- for every guy that has one that's killing slammers or that has a hundred there's a guy who got one in his christmas stocking and what and never killed a deer and his wife is like hey maybe this will help you you know <laughs> i mean how do you it, it, everybody that has a cell cam isn't killing giants Dude, but a lot of guys can't read a topo map hardly at all and got 10 cell cams and kill good ones. It's it's one of those things where a guy can't recognize certain oak trees, but yet he runs 10 cell cams and he understands scrapes or pinch points or fence crossings. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's shooting good. You know, I, I just I look at it as, man, is this too much? But then you're out there with that compound bow, which is, you know, got all those wheels on it and uh uh, sure. A range finder, you know, you can't judge distance. Like you shouldn't be shooting, right? I mean, it, it's it, it goes but, back to the, the the whole thing. If like you're si- not if you're not making your own Osage bow and chewing the sinew and sure. you know straightening your cedar arrow with with your flint napping and all that stuff, and then the atlatl guys like this fucking guy with his you know bow, you know, yeah. it, 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 you can. There's always somebody doing it harder, right? Yep. You took your car to the hunt camp instead of riding a horse. You wore camo instead of blue jeans and a, and a flannel. I think, I, I think that's one of the things that annoys me about this whole like counterculture move that we have is because you talk about the guy that, that doesn't have the talent, he shouldn't earn it. And it's like, yeah, no, I, okay. I, my previous co-host, Leighton, kills a stud deer every year. He knows the rut is the second week of November on his property. He doesn't do anything all year long. He doesn't maintain a single thing. He fishes his ass off. And then that week, he takes that week off and he sits in the same tree stand all week long, sitting on the power line, and he crushes a deer within 200 yards every year. It, his his hunt shouldn't be defined by the effort he puts in by everybody else around him. And I think that when we look at what's been said, you have, and, and again, forgive me, but you got team hard-earned bucks saying, uh, if it's a buck or a doe, a buck's worth more the examples of who who's out there being super successful. He doesn't say, Hey, Walt, you know, he's out there shooting those basket rack sevens. It's too easy for him. 
the the fixation is on these big deer and it, and it reeks of this whole argument to me reeks of get off my lawn i didn't have it this easy and neither should you because i i don't hear it i never hear anybody being like dude there are too many spikes being shot because of cell cameras it's always like lee ellis yeah. and then my you know mark drury and so it's like where where and this is the metaphorical or the royal you but like where do you get off telling someone else what is this like a good hunt for them a good pursuit for them and I think that's the question the hunting industry and the community has to ask because this argument, if we don't nip it in the bud here as to how we evaluate these tools, it's going to be never ending. And we're going to be complaining about this just like we are crossbows versus compounds. If the trad guys had it their way, if Dave had it their way, you know, we'd all be using atlatls, you know? And so it's like, I don't know. This just seems like a really like, self-preserving argument instead of like a a, a, a a public interest of can this thing sustain it because if you if byron if you were like trail camera usage in kentucky is 90 fold everywhere else their population is in rapid decline all of the reports show that there are no deer left on the landscape i'd be the first person to be like whoa we got to talk about cell camera usage right like but it's like i run seven trail cameras not a single deer that I have on camera with the exception of a doe did I get on any of those cell cameras. You know, like I'm your quintessential dude on a weekend who can't put in the, the hard-earned buck hours during the week. And it's not buying me or affording me any more success than the long camera trail camera soaps that I was doing before and then going into those areas based on historical patterns. But you're not the guy. All right. I mean you're it, it isn't you, you know you're not the right hands um but i i mean i i i honestly i lean more towards like i could care less cell cam no cell cam i've got them it's easy um one of the things byron with like in walter and i talked about this yesterday i think was like how then aver- so you just don't like that you don't have to go in and 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 check them because i'm like well if you took away um, the real-time aspect of it so if you got like it, instead of getting them in real time you could only get one picture dump a day so you got to choose so, your time like you know what i mean i w- i was thinking about that as far as like okay do you do you look at these things and say 24-hour transmission or one week transmission and you know to me it's it's we're you know that real time is very dangerous but we're also forgetting like when you have five cell cams on your small property five over here in public, three on your lease, and two more on this other state piece with the swipe, even if that update is once a week, you've, I mean, how many hours did you just loop, if you will? Like that efficiency to be everywhere at one time is kind of like, because you now have GPS coordinates to all these bucks or or your your favorite area or the area that had the most does if you're trying to shoot a doe. Like, it's it's so efficient, especially when you start multiplying them out. And, and part of my qualm or like my big issues too is like, like it's like we ban drones. We've banned like you know you you can't use radios to essentially pursue game. You can use them for safety, but like that was all outlawed. And and I look at cell cams. I'm like they're doing 
a lot of this works easier, faster, and in and, and almost a more dangerous manner. Like in Alaska, you can't fly over a, an animal and hunt it the same day because of their fair chase laws. Um, I just think it's that one, it's, it's at what point too, do we draw the line? And, and to me, I'm starting to see just these, the, and I, again, I don't fall so much in the raw data numbers as far as the management is concerned that world. I'm, I'm talking about efficiency on, on especially like the higher caliber bucks and guys that run trail cams, I would say nine out of 10 are interested in bucks. Yeah, yeah, but I, I've got a couple of caveats to that. One being, when you bring up the radio thing, I think that that's like so antiquated because text messaging, like you haven't texted your buddy, like buck coming your way. Like I, I, there ain't a single person who probably is listening to this podcast that's hunted with right. someone, and, and they you can get a ticket that day. <laughs> and you, um, that's, that's technically, yeah, that is technically. And my thought is, okay, if that's illegal, right? Those two guys had to drive to the piece, hike in there, leave ground scent visually observe things and if they didn't carry night vision they can't see that night vision might not even be legal but yet we're okay with hey bing bing oh two days ago or right now as i'm driving to my hunting location i got an update on you know a doe pass through there but or should i go home but the other part of that too is like the deer always get a say right like that's one thing that it doesn't matter like how many times have we, you, you said you had an encounter with a good buck this year. You did everything right. It didn't matter if you got a cell cam picture or not. That deer still, you had to still be in the right spot and have the right way oh. have all that stuff. And that deer still skirted you, right? Sure. I mean, the, these big bucks, you know, that you're talking about aren't stupid. You know, they. Ah, uh, see, this is, I think this is a little bit of the Midwest to, to Florida thing. Like I see a lot of 24 hour loops or 12 hour loops. And like, dude, I can show you example of example where I pull a card. It's like, he walked here at midnight. Now he's there at nine 30 the next morning. And yes, access has to be done. Right. Yes. A lot of those things, but like on a percent, let's say you go for a bow hunt in November and you got like a 5% chance of killing a buck. I think you give me 20 cell cams. I think that percentage may triple. And and that's significant. Just, you know, it, it's just like hitting a home run with an aluminum bat. It was legal in the MLBs. And they're like, wait, that percentage of home runs now makes the sport look so different. Let's let's dial back that technology. So, uh, in- again, that was data driven. Yeah. That was I mean, we, that let's pull these hunters shooting these things with cell cams. Yeah. Like, I, I, we could get it. It's there. I, <laughs> is the, but that's what I was going to say is like, how do you, how do you pull this back? How do you run it back? And, and if, and if it doesn't matter, like, you know, one of the big things in Michigan is we just went to, um, you know, registering our deer harvest. And the big thing is like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to use the app and there's so many people that aren't going to register their deer and you'll never get an accurate thing. Well, we're, we're a hundred times further ahead than we would have been because we actually are collecting a larger amount of data. But if that were the case and they were like, Hey, we're going to have to start collecting this data. How many people wouldn't report those big bucks because they didn't, because of the fear of losing the cell cam. I mean, how do you, how do you require it? It would be tough to do exactly. But like, I mean, out of your circle of, of friends, you you can do a rough cat tally of how it's done. And hell, I, I couldn't listen to podcasts last November. I remember I turned on four podcasts in a row, and they're the big ones, uh, yours in, in, included. Um, 
and everybody killed from a cell cam that week. Yeah. Well, okay. Can we pull? Can we pull, it's a tool. can we pull this apart though for a second? Because I think that's really telling. You just you just kind of touched on something right there. Have you ever heard somebody do a podcast on how to clean their 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 hunting clothes? Like how to to safely clean their hunting clothes? Yeah. I mean, I mean John Eberhard talks about his scent regimen in every podcast. One guy. Okay. So how many guys uh, have done podcasts on how to tie your shoes? Zero. What? Because there's there's no market for it because no one's looking for an answer there. When you Google trail camera podcasts, I got a list of 1,800 different articles and podcasts that popped up. And you don't, as a content creator, you don't create stuff that isn't interesting to your base, right? And so if there's not a problem, that's a, that's a problem-solving topic, right? How to use your trail cameras, how to do this to, to achieve X. People wouldn't tune in if they didn't need help with something for a how-to uh, segment. And the fact that there's so many people clamoring for help with trail cameras tells me that simply right there, the woodsmanship part that you're talking about is so important to you. And I think it's important to the vast majority of, of hunters. I'm not denying that. But that woodsmanship component, we can't gloss over the fact that there are thousands of people making thousands of bits of content just to help somebody with something that you're claiming spray and pray works, right? Like I put cell cameras up. I have hiked all the way in a swamp, gotten to a trail and been like, God, almighty damn would you look at what is right here i have put a cell camera up i have walked out i've gone to bed thinking i'm approved byron Wright. and the first time i get a daggum buck photo i'm calling out sick the next day i'm gonna go in there and i had to walk all the way back in that swamp and move that trail camera because there was nothing on that camera i mean it happens all the time the exodus guys literally have an entire podcast dedicated to trail camera usage and so there has to be some degree of woodsmanship as adam kind of alluded to before you got to get to that deer. You got to understand the deer's movements. You got to understand wind and approach and bedding and food habitat. And sure, some people will get lucky, but no more lucky than Leighton sitting on a power line with a high-powered rifle uh, one week out of the year because it's a high-opportunity, high-visual type situation. I just, I, I get, I say every time I get a decent buck on camera and I can't go hunt them, I send you a photo. Who the hell does that on Instagram, right? You're, you're, you're sampling this list of guys who were successful when we acknowledge that social media doesn't show you a lack of success. All it does is disproportionately show success for likes, for reviews, because that's what sells. No one wants to see a guy going, I didn't kill anything today. They're going to keep scrolling until they see Lee Ellis holding up a freaking monster deer because at the end of the day, that's what we're all dreaming about. And I feel like this is just a, a, I feel like we can't, we can't just like gloss over parts of this in order to make an assessment. Like we have to look at everything. And if woodsmanship wasn't an issue, then there wouldn't be podcasts on woodsmanship. And at the end of the day, a cell camera only tells you where a deer was. You still have to go and execute. Sure. But it it's dude, every morning you wake up and you're like, where should I go hunt? And because of like the daisy chain effect, it narrows it down pretty significantly. You may go hunt a piece of uh, a ground with four trail cams on it that you either got to walk or, or whatever. And this piece over here has, you know, your, your, your bucks on it via cell cam that day, you know, within the last week, like that's such yeah. a, a powerful thing that it sends it right to your phone and eliminates you going to ground a that has zero bucks on it. 
Um, D- Dave brought it up the other day. He goes, dude, he goes, I step in the woods to go hunt this piece of public. There may not be a, a buck on there all week. You know, there, there may not be a buck on there that I want to shoot. But if I scatter those 20 cell cams, I guarantee you he's got a picture within a, a week or two of telling him your chances are significantly higher if you hunt here. Like that visual that you get from that cell cam, like it, it may not make your percentages like 80% on an individual hunt, but it definitely three or four X's your, your percent to kill. One deer within proximity of a cell camera that I put up in Florida. For me, the way that I use cell cameras, I put them in high traffic areas that typically speaking, I don't hunt right They're in They're in surveying. I am looking for a block of timber that has the has the deer that I'm kind of looking for, which for me, admittedly, is year and a half year olds, but I'm basically narrowing down which blocks of timber have deer. My success rate is terrible. I have a hunting podcast. I talk to some of the best outdoorsmen in the country on a weekly basis. Some of my my deer hunting mentor, I have nicknamed the South Alabama legend because the guy gets it done in a place that yeah. you just never hear anything coming out of. Um the guy went to Missouri, no cell cameras involved, hunted historical sign that he had, that he's earned over the past couple of years and kills a deer. And I think if you take those people who are one-off successful and you put them anywhere else, you're going to rapidly realize that the amount of deer that they kill is small even at home and their ability is negligible and their ability to impact anything is negligible. And I, I just I wonder if we aren't putting our own personal desires ahead of what's best for the community because I, Adam, you said this the other day. I think it's true. The cat's out of the bag. Cell cameras aren't going anywhere. I don't care that 13 Western states are, or 13 states have banned them. Um, money talks, the political system can be had with, with, a, with a chunk of change. And uh, Vista Outdoors has more money than we do. And so at the end of the day, I don't think this is going anywhere. And if you look at the trail camera banning situations that have happened other places in the country, uh, it has very little to do with uh, people saying it's too easy. And it has a lot to do with too many people on one watering hole. Uh, too many people, you know, people being upset about guides ruining a piece of public land. And then also people being on committees that uh, is more nuanced is what I'm saying. This isn't just the efficiency going up. And so I, this just, this is a dangerous thing to me. I really think this is a dangerous thing. So, how, two things there, like one, Pope and Young, Boone and Crockett, both anti-cell cam, like you're not eligible because they see sure. the efficiency of it. My outfitting buddy has increased his prices because he is so much more efficient now at putting clients on deer. He was able to, you know, he's like, oh, part of it was I'm going to cover my costs, right? Because he's going to run the data plans. He's going to buy the cams. Uh, they're going to break, you know, just standard accounting talk. But he's like, dude. I increased my percent to kill by like 45%. He doesn't run a lot of clients. So that number is a little skewed, you know, if, if, but, but he runs enough, you know, to see such an uptick in that tool and and true. His, his, his target is killing, you know, he wants to put somebody on a nicer buck, like, right. But, you know, he's like, dude, I'm, I'm way more efficient. So now I'm going to charge more because I'm better at, at my job. So I, I, there's two things I want to say to that. One, you just actually brought up an interesting thought that, about outfitters, right? Um, we'll, and we'll come to that. But the, the the first part of it is 
Yeah, let's call a hundred outfitters. I guarantee you, they're pro cell cam for efficiency no, for sure. But you you reference Boone and Crockett and Pope and Young. Those are those are ethics based organizations. They're out there to pr- promote a certain style of hunting, right? A certain effort has to be put involved. That's not the same thing as wildlife management. No one no one is managing their deer population. Well, more I mean, there are some states that are doing this, but the vast majority of states don't say. We are out here to manage our populations based on what Boone and Crockett de- determines is, is an ethical hunt, right? Again, you, yeah. you have a cultural and a, and a scientific way of going about this. And I have no problem with individuals determining how they want to go about a hunt. I think that's a phenomenal thing. I think both of those organizations need to exist for obvious reasons. But the outfitter, right? If you have an issue with a guy, let's, let's remove cell cameras from this just to make it a pure argument. If you have an issue with a guy having most recent in, uh, information, being communicated to him so that he then has to be a woodsman and go kill something or just stick a rifle out the backside of his, of his, of his farmhouse and shoot something. Do you, why do you not also have an issue with outfitters who can run hundreds of trail cameras, who can be scouting all day, every day for you, who have an intimate uh, understanding of the landscape and then taking people who have no skill set have to put in no effort and putting them on those high opportunity sets. Because to me, if the whole ethos is you have to earn it, then we should have a real big issue with outfitters as well, because you're not necessarily earning it. I've been on a guided hunt before. The guy goes out there and checks the camera every couple of days. He had dozens of deer on camera. I, he told me, which one do you want? I'll put you on the, on the stand to get the best opportunity. And I ultimately almost shot that deer. I screwed up and didn't. But to, how do you how do you reconcile that? Yeah. And I, I yeah, it's it's. um and again, like I'm definitely looking at this way more in the sport of, of, of bow hunting versus like the, the management side of things. Um, but yeah, like the, 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 uh, as far as pushing the easy button using an outfitter. Yeah. That's what, I mean, it's definitely a, trust me, if I go elk hunting, like I would definitely consider an outfitter. I, it's, that's, that's the easy button for Byron Horton to go get, get an elk. Um, but if easy is what we're trying to avoid, shouldn't we outlaw outfitters as well? Well, the outfitter, I, I don't think that's like a... It's not hunting. Know, the, the, <laughs> is it hunting? I mean, I definitely uh, look at guys that shoot deer on, on outfitters. As, uh, you, you were pretty much a trigger man in, in some aspect. Maybe the outfitter just sets you up with 100 acres and you've got to hang your stand, scout your ground. I mean, there's all different levels, like kind of sure, like a, sure, a, a sublease or a, a, a pass to hunt ground. But um, but yeah, as far as like outlawing outfitting, I, I don't know about that. I, I'm, I'm more like looking at the cell cam as, as is this the piece of tech that, that maybe is, is too much. But it, so- and I do think those, and I do think those Western states are like, they're like, yeah, dude, you get a GPS coordinate of an elk, a deer, or whatever. Like, is that fair, Chase? Like, if we if we took the the term cell cam out of this talk, and we just said, hey, you want to go on this hunt with me? We're gonna get a GPS coordinate of a buck, and and then hunt him down. Like, that kind of cringes a little bit, right? It, and you know exactly where that cell cam was. Like, you know the coordinates of it. Where where does this stop? Do we now get 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 cell cams that that I don't know dart out GPSs around these deer? We hunt these fucking 
you know, GPS deer because we need it even easier. But like what you're saying there, when you're saying like, okay, if we're going to drive around and we're going to get a GPS on this deer, like think about what they do in Maine when they drive the fresh snow, find, cut a fresh set of tracks and they walk in after it. But they had to go drive there. They had to go get in the field. They had to do the pursuit. They weren't sitting at home getting a a text message update from something that's sitting in the woods miles down the road. I I mean, I... it, or but county's it, over. Like, I just, I don't, it, it's so different. Like, it's not even close. Like, you're relying on a, a pinged message to your cell phone versus going and physically doing the action. So, but like what you just said, like you said, okay, well, we're just going to get a GPS ping and we're going to go hunt this deer. So, in that scenario, you'd be okay if you got a ping that said there was something on your camera, but you don't know what it is. No, no, no. Like, I'm de- <laughs> like, I just, I, I, I think like the conversation, my, my point is like, wouldn't it, isn't it not cringy to think about like, we're going to go on this bow hunt. It's at, look, you know, this farm or this piece of public ground. Yeah. We're going to get ping GPS coordinates of these bucks. We're going to go hunt radio collared deer that send us a message every 24, 48, I don't know, once a week of where they are and we're going to hunt them. Like, that's a little cringy. I think we can all admit that, but that's essentially what cell cams are doing. Are you trying to get rid of ease? Is that what you're trying to do with this? So I just look at the pursuit, right? Like we should have to be hunting. We should have to be literally in the field hunting these deer or scouting and and figuring them out. And I look at the cell cam as the tool that really allows you to, to one, be everywhere at once. Again, you'd be on farms, states away, counties away. And you cluster them out like it's 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 one of those things that it's it's so powerful when you look at what it can do, especially so the got, multiplying it out. I've got one final thought for you, and then I'm I'm, I'm running shy on time on my end. But this is just one counter argument, and this is for yeah. you. This is a pro Byron and a pro cell camera argument, all wrapped into one bundle. If the idea, and you've spent a whole chunk of time talking about how someone could put this out and then sit at home and wait. We also both, I think, I think everybody can acknowledge that you can't just put a trail camera on a random tree and get a photo of a deer, right? Valid. Okay. So if we recognize that there's going to be an entire subset of the community who's going to sit and wait, and there's a whole subset of the community who's going to erroneously put cell cameras up. And then you have a Byron Horton who is just an absolute grinder. And I respect the absolute hell out of you as a deer hunter. I think you... I've told you this multiple times. You are the upper echelon deer hunters. If you ask me getting it done in a state like Ohio, I mean, there's I mean, a lot of really good guys. There are, but I still think you're up there. I really like, if I had to put money on a guy that could get it done year in, year out, I would be putting money on you among a lot of other people. But if you're saying that you can, for $500, you can buy fewer people in the woods. Isn't that a benefit for you? Because 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 <laughs> these guys are going to spray and pray, and they're going to be sitting on their couch watching their Traeger smoke their Boston butt while they get ready to watch Michigan destroy OSU again. And and Byron's going to be out there like screw football, dude. It's the rut. I've got two weeks to get this done, and this going to be nothing but crickets out there, man. Super super valid as far as there will be that group that's that's Traegering it up, yeah. watching, but. So we, we've discussed the advantage to the cell cam as far as expanding the ground you can hunt because you yep. can be 
everywhere at once. You can be actively hunting farm A, public B, lease C, state away, right? It expands yep. your scouting and your efficiency. My Another thought I've had is what does that do to now a guy who owns, you know, his his farm and he's got a lease now he's like hey i've got the disposable income i can also get a lease seat i can also maybe pick up an extra 10 acres and i'm you know what i've got buddies that will throw a few cell cams on public land and if they get a big one they're there and i do think there's a little bit of two sides to that coin i think some guys will sit at home and smoke traders but i think there's also now the guy who, who and this is also money driven um this is the top tier guys. And, and I know these guys that now they have three leases in the state. They didn't, they used to only have two. And now because they can be scouting three because of the cell cam sends them to the picks and okay, this farm's hot. You know, where am I going to hunt November 5th? This now my third lease has the doe pissing in the scrape on November 9th. That's where I'm going. I'm not going to just those two. Um, the public thing is also like, very real that they will hunt the public when they get the expanded scouting knowledge that in years past they may not have a day to walk in a mile to that cell cam up on that ridge but they get the ping the text message they're going to be in there so there, there i think there is a little bit of two sides of that um but but yes there will be the trigger watching football crowd as well yeah i, I mean i'm completely on like like I said, I could care less about cell cams, and I'm way more about the experience. But I think where the differ where the difference comes in is like I'm not on the team of like huge bucks. Like I I I really enjoy the the go in like first sit or whatever, and and I guess the same thing applies to like the the trail cam cell cam or not is I feel like that, and this is maybe to your point, Byron, is that any trail cam, uh, I feel like is hunting when I'm not. So like, as a guy that's trying to learn, trying to get on these, these deer and trying to figure it out, it's just validation for me that it was the right spot. Like I made a good decision. And so like when I go and hunt, like I did this morning, I chose a tree, get up there and the deer come by, like it's a win for me. Like I didn't know what deer were in there or, or whatever. So if it happens to be a, a decent buck or, or whatever, um, I'm excited for that opportunity. You know what I mean? Um, I'm, I like not knowing, I think I like not knowing more than I like knowing because then you, uh, what do they say? Comparison is a thief of joy, right? So, a really nice buck comes by, but you're like, there's a bigger one. I had a bigger one on camera. That doesn't matter if it's a if it's a cell cam or a regular camera. Wait, right? you said you like knowing or not? Knowing? I like not knowing. I like. Okay, not you started knowing. and and you said you you know you're learning. You like yeah. having a trail cam to be scouting when you're not there, right? Just to validate that there was deer there, right? Okay. Uh, that yeah. you know, if I'm not there, that I I chose a good area to, to put the camera and there, there was deer there. But the other side of it is, is like when I go in and hunt, like I, if it, if it makes me happy in the moment, like kill it, you know, not like, Oh, there was oh, two yeah. bigger ones or, or, or whatever. And I think, I think ca cameras do that a lot. And then the same thing could be, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It, it could happen with a cell camera. You could go into an area and that the cell cam is just giving you Intel that, you know, your, your target buck is in there. 
but it happens to be the target bucks in there because it's a hot area and you pass buck after buck that maybe you would have shot, but you know, big Jim went in there this morning, you know? Um, I think a lot of guys aren't on that upper echelon of like, you know, looking for, oh, well, I got to get the one with the flyer, the the split brow buck or, or whatever. Um, and I think cell, ca- cell cams in particular take some of that away because other deer come by and it's not the one that you saw go in there or whatever, you know? I, I'm, I like hunting for the sake of hunting. I like bow hunting because it's hard. I like how I was yeah. in a tree this morning with a freaking longbow for no reason. Like I haven't killed enough deer with a regular bow to be like, yeah, fuck this thing. I'm using a longbow. It's just because I want to feel excited about shooting anything again, you know? So, so from that, that aspect, from like the pure woodsmanship hunting aspect of it, like, where do you see this thing going or progressing or how does it, I mean, cause it's not going to stop. I mean, you know, that's, yeah, that's one of my fears is like, okay, do we get these, do we get cell cams that you drive a joystick around and like, you can live stream the woods. Like that technology is there. If you're willing to pay for it, you can put a booster or like some sort Spartan, of Spartan cams right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Where does it stop? And then like, okay, do we get these cell cams that go off and then, you know, go to like thermal imagery. So now you, you can watch this deer and, oh, he, he walked out there 60, 100 yards because you can penetrate the timber with the thermal and he beds down. And now you, you not only got the picture, the direction where he's currently at, like, do we walk into the woods in, in 10 years and we tap into our live stream of all these woods with thermal imagery cameras, nowhere to walk and, you know, hunt the areas like, that that are currently showing those those deer that are bedded like i don't know man i i i I that's that's part of my biggest thing is like where do we stop now that they live stream is here and that they're a hundred dollars and they they used to be much more so it's just a matter of time before you know when you talk about like the the, real technology well but but you say like the thermal imaging and all that stuff i mean think about like what the because of like where I'm going with this a little bit is like we've got like Spartan Forge using you know these algorithms built in for deer movement and now their imagery has become so good they're down to single branch imagery because of like the contacts and the abilities that he has to get that that imagery so how long is it until we have that drone drone fly over real time instead of six months ago or, or whatever. So you think, you think about every, uh, you know, Middle Eastern footage where you've seen like the guy running and then he's blown up like that. You just have to pay. We just have to have enough people willing to pay for your area. Uh, and four years ago, like drones were legal people. You could hunt with a drone. And I'm like, dude, cell camp drone has like a 10 mile fly range, a 20 minute battery. Yeah, you stack batteries, but you physically got to be 10 miles from it. And it's one camera, a daisy chain of $800 of cell cams running 24-7 to attach a solar panel. Like, that's legal, but a drone's illegal? Like, wait a minute. So, so how, for both of you, I'll say, like, uh, we can kind of wrap this up, but like, how... uh, 
how do you rectify this? Like where, where do you see it going? And if, 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 if Byron was in charge and then, then if Walter was in charge, knowing what we know about the increases of technology and kind of like the way that things increase, uh, Byron, how do you, how would you, how would you, how would you rule on this? Sure. Yeah, I think uh, Walt, Walt might have to jump, but but I think let's let him answer. Like, okay, if you were making the game law for for Florida, right? Like, would you have a transmission oh, no. time uh-huh. law? No, 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 would you no, have no. a number? I like, give you my little bit and then just dips. You can just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm in it. I'm in it for winning. You go first, Byron. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Okay. Like like okay. Uh, perfect game law for for Ohio and cell cams. Dude, I might, I might be okay with just no, no cameras in general. Um, I don't know. I and I, I, I will start this. I don't have the perfect answer. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I want to go. Oh, a transmission time or a number of cell cams. I don't know how I, I how I feel if 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 you go just non wireless trail cams. Could you track that down? Probably. Um, you could probably find out if a big one was killed with a with a wire wired uh you know with a with a cell cam. People can find text message records from from years ago. There's there's a lot of uh, sub twenty one year old teenagers getting busted via the text messages get looked up by mom and dad. Um, so I don't know. I I, I might I th- I think for quick conversation and, and I'm Walt's probably got a really good point here of of some because he's 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 good at, at seeing a little bit of both sides so I, so I'm interested to hear him. Um, I I, I think I might go to you know perfect game law might be no no cams in general. So um, just just quick. and I'm I'm always concerned about the sport. I'm not big on like the the management. My, that 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 is true. So so I'm. But the thing is, is like thinking of it in real, in reality, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you go what is coming? To, do, do, no, but I mean, do you go house to house and make, you got to turn them in to buy a license? Like how, do, how would you remove them? <laughs> yeah, I, I, that that's, that's for somebody with a little more time and, and uh, thoughts around it. You know, they, and you look at some of the, yeah. I, I don't know how you didn't enforce it or go about it, but yeah, like I, uh, I I'm kind of. I'm kind of thinking there'd there'd be some sort of either no cell cams or or no trail cams in general. All right. Yeah. I think no, no cell cam is a lot easier um, than no trail cameras because of all the, you know, 20 years of cell cams, you know, how many are out there in the woods that you just happen to be hunting by that maybe was left out there. uh, And then you get busted for it, right? (laughs) Like it's your, it's your camera now. Just like it's yeah. your bait and, pile, right? Right. Like it's illegal to bait in states and we find bait piles all the time. There's still going to be some cheaters. Yep. And so Walter? Well, yeah, what do you I, think's perfect? I, think, I, I, I mean, perfect scenario. We don't, <laughs> we don't quibble over things. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, perfect scenario. I look at this and I say the cat's out of the bag. It's over. Um, there's, there's no putting the genie back in the bottle. We can regulate it to some sort semblance. And if, and if I'm playing peacekeeper between both camps, I'm like, okay, Midnight transmission or noon transmission. You get one transmission a day, something of that nature. Um, I see the potential for this to be abused, but I, we have to decide one of two things. I feel like we have to decide is the hunting community as a whole out for a pursuit or is the hunting community as a whole out for an end game with a certain objective, right? Or is everyone out there 
trying to take the easy route or is everyone out there going for an adventure? And that's going to ultimately decide what direction we go on. this. Because if we think more often than not that people just want to stick a barrel out the back door of a gun and pull the trigger, then we need to look at outlawing cell cameras because realistically, this is going to hurt our population. It's going to hurt things as a whole. I, I choose not to believe that. I think it's the reason why a lot of people who grow up on leases where they sit in the same tower blind get bored over time and suddenly you hear about this big stone cold killer that went and figured out how to be a big buck killer on public land and learned how to be a woodsman and not just to sit there and wait. Um, I hear a lot of people, the, the common theme I hear is I want an adventure in life. I want to feel that thrill. It's the same reason why the world's worst bow hunter picks up the trad bow, right? He's looking for that thrill. He's looking for that adventure. Um, and so along those lines, I think there's no way you get rid of them. I think you can relegate how many photos you get perhaps or something like that. But the other issue to all this is you're only outlawing them for hunting. And so what, what rule are you going to write? You're going to write a rule that says you can't hunt within 200 yards of a trail camera, right? Because what if, what if, what if you give an exception in the South for hogs? Okay. Well, you got an exception for hogs, which is a pest. You're trying to control them, but you happen to get a photo of that deer on there during deer season. Does that mean you can't have a trail camera on the, on the premises? Right. Prove to me, because not every trail camera is built in when saves uh, GPS data. Prove to me, Mr. Warden, that that camera photo you have is the same deer that I shot over here on this block of timber. Right. So, like, I, I think at some point we have to recognize the cats out of the bag at this point. And if we want to be more proactive in the future about uh, changing what technology enters, then we need to look at overarching regulatory agency type feel, which feels like big brother. And I'm not a fan of that, but like you got to catch these things when they're being thought of, not when they're for sale on the shelf. Um, there's too many of them out there. So I, I, a good middle ground, if it was me, instant transfer is eliminated and you get a dump every day. Um, and I think that would make a lot of people happy about the situation. Yeah. Like I say, I, for me, that seems to be like the, easiest thing is like i like them for not having to drive eight hours to check a trail camera um and it it isn't necessarily because i'm gonna go up there and hunt now or or whatever but i think the just just the ease of having that that inventory and even those like hard to get to spots where you're like i don't this looks like deer should be here but i don't know um Mm -hmm. like i there, there's a spot that's just awful to get to. So, like, I, I'm like, I've hunted there like three times, and I've had a camera in there for three years. Like, every time I go in there, I swap out the batteries, you know. And I could do that with a regular trail camera too, you know. Same, same thing. But it's just, yeah. I just like that. Not that I don't have to go in there as frequently. Uh, yeah, I, to do that. I talked to, I talked to. Uh, a buddy of mine yesterday who hunts some Indiana and he's like, yeah, he goes, I, I just don't like pulling, you know, the, you know, go, I can't get to those cameras that are far back. And and he goes, you know, I, I like running cell cams. I'm like, you know, we got to discuss, you know, what if that deer's instincts, right. Are telling him that far back spot is really good because it doesn't get hit as much. And now you're getting that undisturbed information. He goes, you know, he goes, he goes, I, I kind of see a valid point there where, because that spot's hard to get to, it's telling that deer, you know, it's instincts, it's surviving, like, brain is saying, this is a good spot to be. You don't get pushed around here. But because he's got the cell cam, he's like, 
he knows he's in there. He's like, I kind of see where that that information, man, that that does border that fair chase argument a bit. And he's pro, you know, he's team cell cam. But so, but so for me, it's like I look at that same thing and I say that that's just validation that it was like I was right. Because, I mean, ultimately you went in there for a reason, right? He went in there yeah. for a reason. You're like, it's way the frick back there. Nobody wants to go back there. Like, there's going to be deer in here. But if there's not, like, I just wait. And, and, and you know just as well as anybody else that, like I said, the deer get a say. And so am I going to put myself through that hell to get back there, you know? three times and not see anything um, just because I was just off or, or all that. And it still is a good spot. I mean, if you don't run trail cameras of any sort, you'd have that same, you know, you could have that experience. How many times have you hunted a buck batter, like where, you know, there's a good one and not seen anything just because of, you know, that's hunting. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, uh, to me, it just kind of like makes it a bit more efficient. Um, I, I see the fair chase where like I, I've got two buddies, one killed a, like 143 or something here in Michigan last year. And he was like, it really wasn't that fun because I saw the deer three days in a row on the cell cam. I went in there and he was, he was there and I killed him. And then I got a buddy who killed what would have had a broken off G2 or whatever, uh, but would have been like 139 this year. And uh, he had him three days in a row at 630 coming out of this marsh and went in and, and killed him. And he said, you know, I probably would have killed him if I hadn't had the cell camera because I was going to hunt. Like, I met, he's like, I didn't have cell cameras last year. And he missed that deer. He's fairly certain it was that deer last year on the same day or like within a day. So he's like, I yeah. would have been hunting in there anyways. But. You know, it was a no-brainer at that point. Yeah, it was like I had to be in there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I get yeah. both sides. And, and, and uh, I don't know if if for you, like, this comes into play or maybe it hasn't been around long enough to actually, um, like, manifest itself, right? But do you see it as coming full circle? And for these higher-level guys having that same realization that it wasn't as fun. See, I think a lot of guys, one, there are a lot of people. And I think human nature is to find the easy button. Um, and I think a lot of these guys, right. They, they, they just want to kill big bucks. They want a wall of bucks. I think that's very much a, a, a mindset. Um, I, I, I think it's much lower that are going to be like, ah, it was too easy because a lot of them guys are going to kill one in October, like 20th on the cold front, because the prior week they got sent all the text messages of where these bucks were hitting these scrapes at night or this food source at night. And that, that day it dips on October 25th. They know which one's the highest percent they kill. And then they're going to, to the next state over in November. I think it kind of opens that door because we do see that. I mean, that's a documented story of, of guys now can kill in multiple states at a vastly, vastly higher rate now. But do you so think the THP the, uses like no cell cameras and they bounce from state to state to state killing deer? No, they live in the woods, but they also have some interns running around scouting, doing a lot of expansive networking. Best believe. Okay. T- I, I, I do like THP I, I, hunts I, I, with the forester here in Ohio. 
I know it. I feel like I feel like I just heard some 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 like contradictions in that statement. I mean, you said they got the interns out there doing all this scouting for them. So yeah, the mouth is good for for it's the equivalent of cell cameras because earlier that wasn't the same thing as a cell camera. No, no, no. But back, no, back, somebody <laughs> back back up. I I do not follow. Okay, so earlier when I said I've got like 30 people that all at all times will tell me where they see deer, you were yes. like, yeah, but they're only like in one place at one time. And I was like, THQ kills a bunch of big deer. And you're like, yeah, but they got a bunch of people in the woods telling yes. them all the time where they see big deer. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> you see it, you see, but that, that's the contradiction, right? Like either a hands-on experience being relayed to somebody is is equally beneficial as a cell camera or it isn't. I, I don't I don't follow. So THP, right? They got their interns. They got a uh, they got yeah. multiple guys in the woods. They've they've walked yeah. in. You know, they go to a piece of public, right? Because that's what THP yep. does. They got ten guys walking everywhere, yep. and then they go kill, right? Like or yeah. or, or no kill. Um. So they got guys walking everywhere. So they know all the best places. After Absolutely. a day of scouting, and they go and hunt it. Yeah. They've multiplied their 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 boots to ground by ten. Hey, is that you the know same as cell cams? Yeah, yeah. It is that the, that's very similar. You're multiplying your ability to cover ground instantaneously. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like a superpower. But that's what Walt yeah, was saying no, earlier with sure. all of his people texting him saying that there's deer here, 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 here. Yeah. But you said it's different. You said it's different. It's not the same. You said that earlier. Oh, it's uh, yeah. I still stand by that. Like Jimmy driving down the road calls and Walt, hey, Buck just went into this woodlot. It's yes. Jimmy had to drive down the road at the exact same time. It's got to be daylight. He's got to be looking for the deer. So so, that's very different than the the trail cam is back in there on, on that trail pings Walt. A text message is like so, that's that's very different. So is Jimmy different than the THP intern? Is Jimmy different than the THP intern? Yes. So THP intern is probably spending an hour or two in the woods. He's probably somewhat of a woodsman. Jimmy driving down the road is passing field A in a 30 second interval. And the buck has to be visible from road. THP interns doing a loop and, and there's plus and minus THP interns definitely leaving ground. Scent. Yeah. So that's what we're trying I think, to figure I think out. there's a bit of a regional component to this as well. Well, Walt and I, I have, yeah, that. we've documented that. Yeah, because, like, if you tell me you see a big deer on the side of the road, that's good intel for me. It might not be for Byron. But, like, you tell me, hey, man, because I killed I killed a deer uh, in 2020. Guy was like, hey, every day on the way to work, 5 a.m., this buck is right here. I was like, okay, cool. I put in for that hunt. I got that hunt. I walked back in the swamp, found where he was bedding, got in between the two, and then I killed him. All he's doing is driving in the dark on his way to work, and he told me he sees a patternable deer on the side of the road, and I'm able to kill that deer. And I, I mean, yeah. In THV, like the last two videos, they've been just shooting deer from the road. I mean, really? Arkansas last year, they did the same thing. They were right off the road. They were driving. They saw the deer underneath a, a feed tree. They parked the car. They came back. They shot the dough out of the, that little tiny tree. I mean, it, I, I don't see a difference between the two. In fact, I, if you told me I could have 30 people riding all over all over the panhandle and telling me where they're seeing big deer, give me that over cell cameras any day of the week. Because 
they're on the road all day, every day looking and not just one isolated place. Yeah. But the negative to Jimmy driving down the road or Nancy, Nancy may not know what a buck is that Walt wants to shoot. If, if Walt's willing to shoot everything, sure. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> but doesn't it feel like a little more natural to get information via word of mouth, visual observation, visi- visibly being on the ground itself? Or have we just become accustomed to it and this is just something new we're having to adapt to, right? Like, yeah. why, See, why does it feel normal? Normal like, means we're, and, we're just accustomed to it. And, and I think if if Rewind, oh, five, ten years ago, trail cameras are out, yeah. right? Like, they, they, they're definitely yeah. being used at a high rate. And you just told people, like, hey, we're going to hunt these deer that we got GPS coordinates to the night before. Yeah. They would look at you like, what the fuck? How is that fair, Chase? <laughs> like if you would have said that it, 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 about trail cameras like you remember yeah. that like i know you remember about so and and they bitched and they complained and they did their thing and now no one says we should out well most people aren't are in favor of like not out outlawing regular cell cameras yeah and so like are we are we going to be sitting around a campfire one day with our joints achy as hell with a bunch of associated deer that we've killed on the wall, drinking bush lattes. Y'all drink bush lattes. I don't drink that water. But, you know, we'll be drinking our beer, doing our thing. And we're going to be like, hey, you remember when we used to talk about whether or not cell cameras should be? Oh, dang, my phone went off. Let's go kill that deer. Yeah, like it, 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 it's it's one of those things that, yeah, because of the progression, maybe maybe that's uh, uh, why we, yeah. we, we don't irk at that conversation. But if, you know, if we'd have had right. it, if we'd have said, hey, we're going to hunt these deer that we know every 24, 48 w- week earlier, we got the GPS coordinates of where they were. Like if we just yeah. said that in, in 2005, we'd have been like, Ooh, that's, that seems a little borderline, but obviously we've seen the progression of, of yep. it used to be trail timers. It used to be trail cams. Then they kind of got some of that technology to do video. And then they got the technology to do the big time-lapse over the fields. Yep. Um, and, and, and that's why I think this debate is important too. Like we, we were very much uh, 10 minutes ago looking at is, this the the point we kind of need to be like mm, is this the yep. line of too much to not you know uh yep. d- d- does the like okay we have cell cams today in five ten years what does hunting look like yeah you know like is, is this i kind of think the cell cams are i think this is kind of like the the tech the you know you got to cap it somewhere right at least in sports a lot of times they cap the technology in golf you can't put certain elements in a in a driver head that takes the the skill of the the, the golf swing out of it you know you you can't you you can't put stuff sometimes in a nascar car to make it go bazillion miles an hour especially like right. on the last lap there 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 are you know, is this the point where we start capping some things because they are so deadly? Just like the firearm, right? Like the firearm was a piece yeah. of technology that shorter is shorter seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so efficient. So well, I kinda I, I kind of think you're right. Well, like is there a 24, you know, hour limit, a 48, a week? I don't know. But I think these conversations are important for the the sport of bow hunting to look at. Or deer so hunting. I, I, I'll leave y'all with this because I've got to run. But mm-hmm. um I found an article. It was an old article from the 18, no, it was the 19th century. And it was advising people not to get onto a train because if you got up to full train speed, you might have a heart attack. And that was the current speculation. So I think we need to be real careful anytime technology comes into play or there's an advancement in something. I think it's our human nature to be very skeptical of it. And I think that's a good thing. 
and I'm thrilled that I could be part of a dialogue. Uh, so thank you to Adam for like putting this together to where we could all letting me self-impose myself on your podcast. Cause I didn't even ask. I just told you I was coming on. Um, but I think if we can continue to have conversations like this and not let them devolve into the things of like crossbows versus regular bows and how toxic those kind of conversations have become, we're going to be fine in the long run regardless. Yeah, I think as long as we are looking at the, like Byron said, like the sport of hunting and like, you know, ultimately, is it ethical? Is it legal? And, you know, kind of like take your feelings out of it because everybody has their own hunt. You know, there's the, the hunt your hunt experience portion of it. Um, and just, and even for a while, you can say like, the conservation aspect of it. If, if we start to see a decline in deer numbers or something where it becomes too much, then, then that totally, um, you know, needs to be reevaluated. But, but yeah, I think it's been a, a great conversation. Byron, um, as we close this out, I can guess that cell cams are not on your top 10 things to put in your stocking for a Christmas list, but I always love to get your tips on gear or things that you've liked over the season as we're coming up on the holiday season. Like what are some things that you're like, you know, this year I couldn't live without these things, or this is a, this is a great uh, piece of gear that I've been using. Yeah. Um, got a couple different price points. Um, if you're looking for like a, let's go stocking stuffer that I, I, I kind of like, or, or, or look at more seriously, uh, uh, boot insoles, like a hiker boot insole, they're 35, 45 bucks. But like, if you pull out even like a crispy, like a three or $400 pair of boots, there's like cardboard in the bottom of those things. And so a aftermarket hiker style insole definitely like helps, uh, just your body as far as, um, if you're somebody that does a lot of miles, it, it definitely helps your foot, which, you know, leads to that's where all your weight's standing over. So, so those are, those are a stocking stuffer or maybe um, a couple higher end items. Uh, the jet sled uh, is one that comes to mind that not a lot of people think about. Dude, I use my jet sled not only for like getting deer out the woods, but like if uh, maybe you're a private land guy who's got an e-bike and you're going to go hang tree stands, you can pull that jet sled with a couple tree stands in it and kind of uh, gives you like a cart. But it's 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 seventy dollars. Uh, not necessarily. I think some of those carts are a couple hundred that attach to e-bikes or four wheelers, stuff like that. Um, the jet sled, dude, I use it for moving firewood here at the house, yard work, like throw it over between your doors of your pickup. Now you got a covered area. If it's kind of raining to get dressed before your hunt, like that's a, that's a solid item. Um, I know you live in ice fishing world. Like I think a lot of guys use them for ice fishing. Mm -hmm. Uh, finally, uh, the Kodiak canvas wall tent is, is a big one of mine. Now I've, I've had one now for about three, four years and it is a 10 by 10 tent. And, you know, growing up, I would, uh go tent camping with my dad and dude, we'd spend 45 minutes putting a tent up dude the kodiak canvas is like five posts and they're like they they, they don't have multiple pieces they literally i can put that thing together with a headlamp and a beer in my hand in 10 minutes first time it's like 20 but you know that learning curve just gets better and better literally 10 minutes that thing's upright it's six and a half feet tall too so you can get dressed in it which for colder weather hunts or colder temps in the fall is kind of nice like you could stand up, get fully dressed. Uh, I got the 10 by 10, so it can sleep three guys pretty comfortably with plenty of room for gear. Um, two guys, dude, you can, it's like the scene from Step Brothers, so much room for activities. 
Um, so yeah, those, those are just a couple of like not straight up like gear items, but yet they are very hunting related. And just because you brought up the boots right at the beginning, uh, I got to have you outline the, the greatest outdoor cold weather <laughs> tip, the viral whitetail experience, uh, warm toes experience hack. So, yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it is late season. If you haven't seen this tip, it's it's worthwhile. Take you a hunting sock, an old wool hunting sock, cut it somewhere around the heel. And essentially that's a mitten for your boots or whatever. It goes over your hiker style boot. We generally use hiker style boots. But like it separates your your toe box from the cold metal tree stand. It's a it's an added insulation layer. Jam a hand warmer in the top for some extra goodness. And uh they they fit in a backpack way better than the Arctic Shield boot covers. And um, the Arctic Shield boot covers, right? Like those are probably a touch better, but the, it's it's not that much. Like I, I have used both this year, and I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't think I'm bringing the Arctic Shields unless it'd be like five, five degrees, ten degrees, something ridiculous. So, uh, Byron, if if people have been sleeping under a rock and they don't know where to find you, if they want more tips and tricks and gear and uh um inflammatory cell cam posts uh where can they find you yeah like uh with the white tail experience on on social media the youtube channel it's kind of centered around um diy um hunting uh here in the buckeye state there's a few bucks that get shot on that channel as far as hunts and i try to do a little better job producing those and then obviously yeah we 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 kind of specialize in some gear hacks some efficiency talks uh yeah, that, that's the channel to find us on. Well, awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on and, you know, airing out your your grievances and uh, and having the conversation, right? Because uh, I think I think it's one that needed to be had just from uh, even nothing more than, like, where is it going, right? Yeah. That's that's the big thing uh, is for us to look, look forward and, and forward isn't always better, right? So yeah. I appreciate the time, man. Absolutely, Adam. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me, and thanks for keeping Walt in check. <laughs> yeah, hopefully the Buckeyes beat those dogs. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks.